We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome everybody. Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by as always, I think that's Carl Dummler. Who's who's the man behind the beard? I and mean, what happened? What's going on? Well, so I told you a little bit about this, but uh, on Sunday after the game, I had one of our listeners reach out and one of our old listeners, um, he had made this deal that uh, when the Broncos beat the Chiefs, he was going to shave his head. And so I had them reach out asking if I'd be willing to, to be a part of that, to, to honor him. And I, I made the promise to my wife that I would not shave my head bald before I turned 45. She has this whole thing of if you've got hair, you gotta you gotta keep it. If you Once gotta you start shaving it. it, yeah, you gotta flaunt it. So I've still got some hair, but I said I, I can shave the beard off. You know, it, as, as Scott said, I can grow it back by next show. So <laughs> you just plug <laughs> your nose and your ears real hard and just push and like pretty much, like pretty out, much. Yeah. You know, no, I I got home and my kids after school. That was the first time of them seeing me without it, and both of them almost started crying. Because, I bet. Yeah, they're just like no. You, you're not dad. Did the, did the pets act weird too? Do what? Did the pets? No, the they, they were fine. Okay. Um, my wife didn't even notice. Like she's seen me all day. And uh, finally somebody was like, wow, Carl, I, I just can't believe you shaved off your beard. She goes, wait, you did? <laughs> then she looked at me. She's like, oh yeah, I guess so. Huh. So she's, she's really observant. I guess so, man. Yeah. I in tune. Definitely. Uh, that's, that's okay. Uh, she she sees through the beard, Carl, just like I do uh, to your soul. But we appreciate everybody coming in today. Happy Halloween. Uh, we got a lot of uh, non-fireworks to talk about today with the Broncos. Lack of moves, but we're still going to analyze the lack of moves. What does it mean for the guys that we talked about potentially being traded? What does the NFL landscape look like? What does that say about this team uh, going forward? But we want to say hello to some folks coming in here. As we kick off the show, we got our guy Dylan Von Ark saying, Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit the like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, hopefully your dad, Dylan, uh, appreciated all the fun moves the 49ers uh, have been making made. I mean, they're they're going for it. So uh, we'll see how they play out this year. Uh, we got Troy Boer coming in here in the holiday spirit with the, uh, the boo. You should all capitalize the boo on that one. Uh, says, hey, guys, no clue how I feel about trades because I have no clue what the offers were. But I hope Russell Wilson continues to get the line, get to the line early. 
gets the defense to show and changes the play so much better. Yeah. I good comment here from Troy. And this is something that I'll, I'd have to go back and watch, but I felt like the Broncos timeliness uh, this last week of how quickly they got the play in, got up to the line, allowed for much more line checks and pre-snap stuff from the Broncos. And uh, I mean, the offense wasn't amazing by any means, but it was good enough to win in this game. And that's something that uh, I feel like we haven't seen the offense functioning in that way pre-snap for a long time. Yeah, it, you're right. I, I think uh, on that first part there with the, the the trades, we'll get into this a lot more, but everybody has to keep that in mind just because, you know, you wanted players traded and you thought that you're going to get this kind of value. That doesn't actually mean that's what teams were really offering. You know, from what I understand, and I think Mike Kliss has kind of put some of this out there, teams were calling with trades, but it was a lot of late day three picks. So are you really going to move Cortland Sutton for a sixth round pick, seventh round pick? No, he's more valuable to you right now. And he's still under contract. Like he can still be moved this summer. And I don't think his value is going to drop even further down. Like you can't drop much further than a sixth or seventh round pick. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm kind of in that, that mindset of, I think it doesn't seem like a whole lot of great offers came in and you might as well just hold on to the players and just see if maybe, if the Broncos start winning, maybe it drives up that value of those players when it comes to the offseason. And we got David McRuth coming in with a $2 super saying, who is the new guy? You know, hopefully, here's what I recommend. Everybody just close their eyes for the entire show and just, you know, hear my voice. Then maybe you'll remember who I am. I've had people reach out and asking, like, not about the eyes being closed, but is there any way we can close the ears uh, for the entire show? But I uh, have got no advice for them. But to David, thank you so much for the $2 super. Um, we also got David coming in here with the, excuse me, Scott, I apologize, trigger finger here, <laughs> saying good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott, 11 and 6, MHH for life, Buckham three times, and Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, I'm sure Papa Barry is riding high after the, the meet and greet, you know, Broncos two game win streak here. Carl, I think maybe the MHH tailgate, I don't know if we gave ourselves enough credit here. Maybe we were the catalyst for this win streak here. Maybe some of these guys are still on the team because of the MHH vibes uh, when we were boots on the ground there in Denver for that Green Bay game. You know, I, I'm starting to think that maybe the, the Broncos players were walking by when Naj was giving us that like inspirational speech about how the Broncos are going to win by two touchdowns. You know, he, he was a week early. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you know, the Broncos go out there and win by two or yeah, more than two touchdowns gets 15 points there mm -hmm. against the Chiefs. And uh, we should have had that bet with your dad for the Chiefs game. You know, we yeah. messed up on that. Dang it. But uh, no, yeah, it, it's it's great to see. You know, it's finally nice to have a team that you can cheer for. So I, I went trick or treating with my family for a couple hours before this. And, uh, you know, I live surrounded by a bunch of Chiefs people like there's pumpkins with Chiefs symbols on it and everything else and my son every day. yeah i know yeah about told my son like go smash those pumpkins no i i wouldn't do that but um but i, I was walking around in my broncos jersey and i'm getting a few booze as i'm walking down the street and i'm just like hey it's been eight years and i finally get to wear this with with pride and and know that we're i'm supporting a winner here now they're still three and five but still um i i just i was excited to be able to do that we got Michael Ronquillo also coming in here saying great news about the Broncos not trading any Bronco players. So we know how Michael feels about that. Let's see what we can do with the rest of the NFL season. Yeah, three and five. Those games early in the season really are, you know, kicked to the ground. We kind of talked about them earlier. It's like, man, you're going to look back and like, man, if we could have just split those or, you know, won one more of those, especially, you know, 
we can lump the Jets with Zach Wilson in there too. What what a weird team that has been. Uh, but you are what your record are. It's three and five right now, and uh, the Broncos should be feeling good. And they're playing competent football, uh, which is something that when we brought in Sean Payton, uh, it's one thing you and I, Carl, talked about. Scott and I talked about. It's maybe not right away, but we're going to see competency in here. It's going to look like the pieces fit to, fit together, and there's an actual just storyline in the gameplay that makes sense. Uh, just how they call the plays, what they're trying to do. It just makes sense. And I've, I feel like we're starting to have that the last few weeks. Uh, really. I mean, really the last three weeks, even though they lost to the chiefs, it felt like it made sense in that game. Right? No, they, they've figured out a little bit of a pattern or a, a formula to make this work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be pretty by any means. They're, they're not going to go out there and put up 45 points, air it out for 400 yards. That's it doesn't have to be this... beautiful. It can be right. beautiful in other ways. I got the Iowa hat behind me here. It doesn't have to be, you know, air raid to the max to right. be beautiful football. It doesn't. And, you know, I, I think an underrated part of it, special teams. Man, mm-hmm. they have been lights out this year. I think they are top five in DVOA this year for, for special teams. Uh, you think about in that Chiefs game. I mean, the, those coverage units, I know they got the muff punt. But even beyond that, mm-hmm. the other ones where, you know, Nicole Hardman, he's a pretty good returner. Got some speed. If he gets to that edge, he can take one to, to the house. And uh, they did a great job of just staying disciplined to their lanes. And so going from like a bottom five special teams unit to now looking more like a top five unit, that's great. You yeah. know, I'd say the weakest part of our of our special teams is our punter. You know, Will Lutz has been great. Um, Nicole, uh, <laughs> Marvin Mims as a returner, probably a top five returner in football right now. And so it just, like I said, there's just so many great things going on and uh, just pretty excited moving forward that I think the Broncos can find some, some new ways to win compared to the past. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, for sure. I mean, special teams has been an issue for years. I mean, I know DVOA also puts in a uh, a weight to negatively weight teams that play when they're in Denver. So Denver has eight games of that, or I guess nine games every other year now. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, good to see the special teams playing better. I guess maybe I'm super spoiled with the Iowa stuff because I'm expecting, you know, like more blocked punts return for touchdowns kind of <laughs> things uh, to be, you know, elite elite, but they've, they've gotten so much better. Uh, show's getting better with Phil in here. Phil McLaughlin, the guy says, good evening, Nick, Carl, question mark. Cause yes, it is Carl. Um, Andy can Scott, uh, you two clean shaven guys look 10 years younger. Buckham go Broncos MHH for life. Yeah. Once Natalie got back to town, I was uh, shaving that mustache. So it's always fun to have when uh, she's gone. Uh, she hates it, but uh and when she's back, I don't, I don't want to tease her too much. We got David Youngkin coming in here saying, hope the franchise knows what they are doing. Because now, in my eyes, Sean just picked his own team for now. The defense better play the way they did every game now. And the offense better as well. I think, and we kind of talked about it as well. Uh, I think I saw a comment in here. Broncos, if teams were willing to give what the Broncos were asking for, there would have been moves today. If, if somebody was willing to offer... I think, honest to God, even like a fourth and a fifth for Jerry Judy, he might not be here right now. But that's not what they were getting. They were getting really low ball offers, and with every single guy that was being reportedly chopped other than Josie Jewell, you still have contractual control through for those guys this offseason, next year. So this wasn't your one shot to trade those guys and accumulate uh, assets in return. So kick the can. You... You believe in the talent. You still have them under control. Maybe you can trade them for more later. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's less. Uh, but you are you are buying into what you have going here and the players you have. I almost said prospects, or not prospects, but the players you have increasing their value. Yeah. To, to me, this is a, a medium risk, medium reward kind of move. Like I said, if you're getting all low ball offers, like there's really a pretty darn good chance you're going to get close to that kind of value, even after the season's over. I mean, eight, nine games is not going to make make or break those kind of offers from those teams. Um, and so if the Broncos later on still think, hey, let's just go ahead and get this guy off of our uh, off the, the cap, you know, because a couple of these players do have some pretty big contracts, they can do that. Uh, if the Broncos go out there and do great, you know, go seven and two and uh, to finish off the season and go 10 and seven, maybe make the playoffs. Boom. All of a sudden, OK, Jerry Judy, maybe you are worth a third. Cortland Sutton, maybe you are worth a third. Justin Simmons, maybe you're worth a second. You know, th- those kind of things. And so then you can really start building some things up. A seventh yeah. round pick right now is not going to make a big difference. But we got Rob Buxbaum coming in with a $5 super saying, evening, gents. If we finish in a range to draft 8 through 15, who are names to keep in mind? Very scary to think about not getting a top seven pick. Hashtag BTB. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of guys still available, so it's not like the end of the world. You're going to be missing out on blue chippers, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't control it, right? So you're going to be picking wherever you pick, and it's fun to see this Broncos team winning football games. Uh, But I feel like there's a slew of offensive tackles, wide receivers, and defensive players that make sense in that 
eight to 15 range. Uh, you got Johnny Newton from Illinois, a defensive tackle who's a little bit small penetrator type. We'll be curious to see what the scheme is next season, but uh, he's one that stands out for me. You got uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry cornerback from Alabama might be an option here. A plethora of edge rushers. Leatu Latu comes to mind from UCLA. Trop Robinson from Penn State. Dallas Turner, maybe in that area from Alabama. Jared Verse, who was supposed to be a top 10 pick, he became out last year, has been a little bit lesser this season, but still a damn good player. Uh, I mentioned offensive tackle. You got J.C. Latham from Alabama, who's super interesting. He's 6'6", 360. I mean, he's an un... <laughs> look, what, what a monster. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. I'm really interested in Amarius Mims from Georgia, who should be coming back soon, might even be back this week. He's a freak, uh, 6'6", 330, right tackle for Georgia. These are all right tackles, too. And and uh, Oregon State has a really interesting right tackle in, uh, oh gosh, his name is Fuaga, I believe, and he's got some just unbelievable uh, taper. He's just destroying guys out there. So, uh, you know me, Carl. I'm going to talk about the positions of value. Defensive line, cornerback, didn't mention the wide receivers. I could and Mbuke from Ohio State. Odunza from Washington, Keon Coleman from uh, Florida State, uh, Malik Neighbors from LSU. I mean, there's there's still good players to be had in that range. And honestly, I think I, that's when I cussed on the show on uh, last week. But uh, draw names out of a hat after pick eight. It's kind of like, ugh, I have no idea at this point. Yeah, you kind of missed a big one that I'm surprised. Cooper DeGene. I didn't want to be biased. Um, but, uh, he's <laughs> so I'll, I'll throw it out then. So it's not biased. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely in the he's definitely in there as well. And the Broncos, I mean, this team is going to look so different when the draft comes around, given the contracts, how a lot of these guys are set up. So uh, we'll be curious to discuss it. I mean, if you're talking position of value, uh, it's never a bad way to go to kind of craft your board and get accustomed with those guys at the top of the board. Uh, but that's where I would be looking right now uh, with a bunch of those names, not ready to, you know, stand on a table for any of them. I would, right. other than Cooper DeGene, I would definitely stand on a table. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keon Coleman's kind of my guy I'd probably stand on a table for. Just your wide receiver room is pretty expensive. I think he's a great player to especially pair with a young quarterback. that He can be that guy. He can throw it up, trust him to go make a big catch for you. You know, if you could have Cortland Sutton on one side, him on the other, and the Marvin Mims kind of work in the slot, I think that'd be a fun wide receiver unit for you. But we got Seth Harmon coming in with the 999 Super saying, if Jewel walks, do the Broncos get comp picks? What does that look like? So comp picks, it's kind of an interesting formula. Um, you don't fully know exactly what you get until the next season um, because mm -hmm. it, it factors in contract, but it also factors in playing time and some other things. Um, so, But it also factors in if you sign free agents, they cancel out free agents that go from your team. So it, I don't see a ton of free agents leaving the Broncos. I mean, you've got, there, there's going to be a few of them this, this off season. Um, and you don't get it you, for players that you cut. Uh, right. The players that are outright cut do not uh, count towards the compensatory pick formula. So like, Oh, we can get a puck comp pick for bulls. If we cut him. No, you can't. Right. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, it has to be true free agents. I mean, you got Cushenberry. That's a true free agent. Um, and so if the Broncos start signing a bunch of free agents this offseason, you're probably not getting a comp pick. Honestly, I think the Broncos are probably a year or two away from getting comp picks. That There's some teams that are just great at, at figuring this out. 49ers, it's kind of why they can make this trade. And I know some Bronco fans were upset that they didn't go make that kind of trade with a third-round pick. But part of why the 49ers can do it is because they've got, I think, two third-round comp picks coming back to them right now. 
for this next coming season, one for McGlinchey and then one for the the coaching. Um, for I think they might even get another one too. I don't know. I get another years mixed up, but they got one for Mike McDaniel. I don't know if that was this cycle or last cycle, but yeah, there's definitely. Oh no, they, okay, you're right. So D'Amico Ryan's right, and then Mike McGlinchey are those two because right. they got two last draft for a yeah. guy going to the general manager of the Titans and then Mike McDaniel uh, to the. Uh, the Dolphins. So yeah, they're, they're playing that the 49ers and the Ravens. Nobody does the comp pick game better than them. Right. Exactly. Chiefs have been pretty good lately of doing that as well. You know, they, they get that Super Bowl bump where people mm-hmm. overpay for their players and usually don't see the same return back from them. Also, but... you're paying your own talent that you prioritize over the guys that leave. Right. I mean, right. we saw it with the Broncos bump as well, you know, getting comp picks, for Osweiler, Malik Jackson. I think he got one for Danny Trevathan. So interesting. As far as Jewel walking, also another uh, caveat there. If you're correct in saying that the odds are the Broncos would probably cancel out by signing somebody of a similar value. Uh, we'll see, though. They're going to be kind of up against the cap. Maybe they have a different strategy this offseason. Maybe they're going after street free agents or guys who are cut who don't account for that just so they can play the comp game. I don't know. We'll see what the strategy is. If it's George Payton or not, I mean, it could be totally different. Uh, The other thing is you wouldn't get a comp pick for Jewel until the 2025 draft. So it's a, it's a year delayed um, on that because they need to see how the guys play and everything like that. So most of the time it's the contract is the big thing, but uh, yep. You're probably not going to get any more than a, at best, probably sixth or seventh round pick for Jewel, given the position he plays and everything. Yeah. probably similar to Lloyd Cushenberry, although I think Cushenberry right now, given second contract durability, he might probably, probably get a, I think he's going to get a okay deal out there, even though centers don't get paid anything talking, maybe, you know, 6 million. We'll see what that means. We kind of saw some centers last year get paid. I don't know. We'll see what the contract plays out. Uh, but yeah, Broncos, comp picks, trades, who knows? Um, but uh, keeping it going here, Carl, are were you surprised at all? about the lack of moves from the Broncos today. I got to say coming into it, I thought that maybe we would still get some move just to get a little bit more in the returns right now in terms of draft picks, because the Broncos are lacking in terms of their value in their draft class and draft picks. Uh, But keeping everybody, I, I guess I'm a little bit surprised. Hey gang, make little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day you know how it is watching the broncos to say the least you work up a bit of an appetite but you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after nfl kickoffs plus all day sunday and get ready for some football and fun choose your favorite little caesar's pizza or pick the toppings you crave either way you win personally i'm a big fan of little caesar's plain cheese pizza but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust and speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply yeah, I, I did think there'd be at least one move. I, I really did think Josie Jewell would be the one. 
just because I I've heard that they really want to get Sanders out there on the field and, and just see what he can do, help him kind of microwave his development. And uh, you know, Jewel, he's, he's been pretty, he's been decent this year. He hasn't been great. Last few games have obviously been a lot better for the entire defense. Um, so I, I get the idea of wanting to keep him just to keep that depth, keep that defense going in the right direction. Um, so you're not going to settle for anything less than what you, like I said earlier, you, you set up because you've won these last two games, you can set a price and say, this is where we're staying. Come meet it or we're keeping our player. But I kind of thought, like I said, since he has an expiring contract, he might be one. Uh, uh, Jerry Judy was one just because he has been a little bit of a a locker room problem. You know, you see him doing some of this dancing stuff on the sideline. I don't know if I call it a locker room problem per se. Okay, well, it's it's a distraction, I would say. Can we go with that word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's not making plays out there, and here he is doing a bunch of smack talking, getting on social media. You know, to me, that, that distracts from what you're trying to to do. And mm-hmm. we, we've seen so far that Sean Payton doesn't me- mess around with that kind of stuff. Like, he does it himself, but he doesn't want his players doing it. And, you know, Randy Gregory, sounds like there were some things going on behind the scenes with him of some complaining, getting after coaches, all that kind of stuff, not liking his playing time. You know, Frank Clark, his was more injury based and just wanting young players to get in there. But I mean, sack record. Yeah. Playoffs too. That's not saying that probably in Denver. That'd be ironic, though. God, Denver makes playoffs and then like say Seattle bottoms out and doesn't. But uh, right. But I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't want to make this complete connection, but like Randy Gregory leaves and the team starts winning. He goes to the 49ers and they start losing. And so I'm not going to make a complete connection by that because, I mean, the 49ers, it, it just. They've got a good locker room. They can make up for it. But um, I think it was good to get him out of here. And and Jerry Judy, like I said, I think he's been more of a headache than compared to what he's bringing on the field. And I'd still love to see Marvin Mims get more of those kind of snaps. And he just brought in Traquan Smith. And I'm sure I'd kind of like to see him get some more snaps out there as well, you know, just because he played pretty decent for Sean Payton there. And uh, so, but again, if you don't have a great offer coming in, Worth keeping him, just seeing if maybe he can finish the second half strong, drive up that price, and just see what you can do. Yeah, just because these guys were not traded today doesn't mean they are not going to be in the trade conversation come the end of the season. I mean, it's been multiple off-seasons now where we've talked about Judy, Sutton, some of these, Simmons, I mean, some of these other guys. So these are, you can stick a fork in them for now, uh, but, you know, don't don't throw it away just yet. Uh, we'll definitely monitor that as the season uh, closes and what happens in the offseason. My guest is in here. What's up, guys? Good to see you, Mike. Saw we got our guy Nate in here as well. Nat saying, let's go. Good to see you, Nat. Hope you're doing well. Saw Colin Wood saying, stand in Pat. Yeah, we better stand, Pat. <laughs> I'll be talking Pat Sertan. There we got our guy, Daniel Barry Sports. Hope you're doing well. Uh, good to always see you, Daniel. We got Malheim Mike saying, this just shows me how incompetent our management and team still is. Talking about the trade deadline. I can't believe we didn't make one trade for picks when we are in a rebuild. Typical Bronco, horrible decisions. I think that the Broncos had prices like we talked about on here and they didn't value the The teams didn't offer what the Broncos thought the players they had were worth. And they thought, okay, well that means it hasn't been shown yet what their value is. So we get to see how the rest of the year plays out uh, or they're just more valuable to have on here for what this team has going and. We'll be it'll be really ob, uh, curious to see what this team does again in the offseason, how they play down the stretch. I mean, Mary, maybe Jerry Judy, maybe it really starts to click for him. Maybe 
you start to see, I mean, there's a few plays in this last game where if Russell Wilson is a little bit quicker getting to him or a little bit more accurate with that ball, uh, it's a big play for Judy and he's getting open. I mean, he's getting something I thought was really interesting. Carl Judy's been the go-to guy in the, the red zone this season. I don't know if you've noticed, I was going through the data the other day. He is definitely the one who's received the lion's share of the targets in the red zone, the past the, uh, the goal line throws. I mean, they're mostly going to Judy. So there, there's a role for him here. I just don't know if how big of a pa- uh, volume passing attack we're going to see here in Denver with this offense. But I, I don't know. There's still there's still obviously a chance for Judy. Don't uh, don't give up on don't give up on him just yet. He's still a good player. Mm-hmm. He has some limitations. Uh, I was listening to to Derek Wolf talk about him the other day, and. And Wolf was pointing out something I, I've said a few times. And I remember Scott and I talked about this one time. Of He does a lot of dancing at the line of scrimmage. And that worked in college. Because you've got all this other talent around you that teams have to worry about. You've got an all-pro offensive line in front of you. You've got a first-round quarterback with you. And so he can have that time to do a little bit of his dancing and then go make his big cut to spring himself open. In the NFL, you just can't do that. you got one step and then you got to be making your move at what you're trying to do. You know, you've got two, maybe three seconds before you've got to expect that ball is going to be there. And the other part of it, then on the other side is the quarterback. Can they make that throw on time when you do get yourself open? And there's been times, like I said, Jerry Judy's been open. Russ hasn't seen it or he's missed the throw. There's one where he was pretty darn wide open. The the flea flicker, he was wide open on that one. And Russell Wilson underthrew it, wasn't able to, to turn it into a big play. Uh, there's a couple others that he missed for sure. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. He has a role. He could really turn this thing around pretty darn quick. He does seem to do better in the second half of seasons than he does in the first half. I don't know. Some guys just do that where it just takes a little bit to kind of get into the flow of a season. And so, and, and I think still Sean Payton's trying to figure out some of these guys too and what works. You know, they figured out with Cortland Sutton that what works with him. I think they're still figuring that out then with, with Jerry Judy. So we got D Porter coming in with a $10 super saying, Hey guys, Carl, right. It was Naj that turned this season around with his speech looking good with the clean look, by the way, go Broncos. Thank you there. D Porter. Yeah, it, it was, it was a great speech, man. It had me believe in the Broncos were going to win. And then of course they go out there and win. And uh, we just need him to go in the locker room right before the game, every game. Naj, that's, if you're listening, we just need you to go do that. Be the hype man you know, in the, the tunnel before the game, getting them all pumped up, believing that they are just the uh, the greatest team that's ever lived. That, that's just, that's what he's good at. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much for the super chat, D Porter. And yeah, Naj was full of energy, man. We need to get him to talk to that team before, uh, before the games every week, man. He's a super fun to talk to. Love the positivity. And thank you so much. We got Pearl Heater coming in saying hi. Good to see you, Pearl. Always love to hear from you. I see uh, Todd Ostendorf is in here as well. Happy Halloween, everybody. Good to see you. I think we said hello to Mike S. Roy Osborne said here saying, hey, guys. Gee, Carl, I didn't even recognize you for a few moments here. Yeah, new, uh, new to the show. Uh, this is uh, Smarl. Smarl Smumler. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, I got to say I prefer the beard, Carl. Um, yeah, you're a good looking guy, but I just, it's kind of, it's, it's jarring to see on the screen here. I have to keep like <laughs> darting my eyes away. Uh, it's like the, uh, the Holy grail or something. I'm afraid I'm going to you know, turn into a skeleton here. Roslyn coming in saying, good evening guys. Did you all see Denver nuggets? Deandre Jordan trolling, dressing up as Taylor Swift for Halloween. Cause the Denver Broncos finally beat the chiefs. He was probably wearing that regardless of who won, but I did see that. And I wanted to give it a little bit of a, uh, shout out here to Deandre Jordan because 
man, that was a uh, that was a good costume. Uh, if I was doing something for Halloween other than just hanging out with you guys, maybe I'd have gone as Taylor Swift this year. Um, but uh, pretty fun. And I asked uh, Scott this morning. He said he was a vampire guy. Did you have a favorite Halloween costume or go to or memory uh, coming up? Because mine, my favorite costume that I went as was uh, Captain Underpants. OK, mine. I got to go back to when I was really young. My mom made me this incredible cow outfit. And so there's all these pictures. I mean, it is completely homemade, completely all sewn together. And uh, it, it's just a favorite memory of mine to know that she put all that work into it. And I got to see my wife these last two weeks make a homemade uh, outfit for my my daughter. She had this all Snow White or yeah, Snow White outfit all picked out. And then all of a sudden last minute, she's like, nope, I want to be this. Well, there's no person that makes that costume. And so my my wife had to make it from hand. And uh, it turned out amazing. So shout out to my wife on that one for putting in that kind of work. Because I I would have been like, no, you already got this costume. That's what you're wearing. It's got to make a decision and stick with it sometimes. But uh, not for the little ones, right? Yeah. Patrick Goldsey coming in and said, Aloha, gents. Clean faces for the second half of the season. I like it. We'll we'll probably be a little bit more scraggly by next week. Um, it's getting cold. My face is, my face is cold. Um, but I appreciate you. Patrick also got the care package today, lion coffee. So have not opened it yet. Uh, got home and had to hop on, but that's okay. Uh, we got new Mexican man coming in here. New Mexico man saying no trading of any Broncos tells the players that Denver brain trust believes in them. I do too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we got Chad saying I miss Carl's glorious beard. The world needs it. Happy Halloween. MHH. Happy Halloween to you, Chad. Uh, we got Dennis Woods coming in saying, where would you put J.J. McCarthy, Michigan quarterback, available in that 8 to 10 range? I don't know who that third quarterback is going to be. I don't know who's even to declare uh, right now. Is it going to be Riley Leonard? Is J.J. McCarthy coming out? Is he going back? Shadur Sanders? I, I don't know. Um, so it's possible uh, that it could be J.J. McCarthy in that range, but we still need to see him versus tougher opponents and making a more a higher variety of NFL caliber throws in tougher situations uh right now they've pretty much just been able to bludgeon teams to death and it's been super easy for mccarthy you know not really having to play through much adversity on the field we can talk about michigan off the field if you want uh but uh on the field but we'll see uh, he's definitely got talent and tools and young and is an interesting one that i am eager to watch down the stretch here yeah i mean it's been great to see his development throughout college and to see him really putting his best foot forward here this season. I mean, he's making some great NFL throws and some very tight windows using his athleticism to go make plays, which is exactly what you want to see for the next step up. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm torn on whether it'd be worth taking a first round pick on, on a guy like that. Um, because there are some mid round guys, Michael Pratt of Tulane. He's one of those guys that I'd kind of almost rather take like a, um, like a Keon Coleman in the first and then pair him with a, with that kind of quarterback in the the second or third. Well, I guess it'd have to be in the third. I don't know if he'll make it to the third now because he's been playing lights out, but uh, I, I feel like that's the kind of quarterback that would work well with Sean Payton. I, I think he's really proven to me more and more how he, it wasn't just a Drew Brees situation. You know, like Brees was great, but we've seen over and over again that, um, he's taken other quarterbacks. I mean, Jameis Winston had his best football with Sean Payton as, as coach. Teddy Bridgewater is another one that probably had his best football with Sean Payton. So he brings out the best in a quarterback. And, and so I, I trust him to be able to develop a guy. And so I, I think you could actually have one of those mid-round guys 
kind of sit for a year, give him some weapons that he can work with when he comes in that next season or whatever, and and see what you can have for the Broncos. But uh, I, I like McCarthy. I really do. And I think he could do well with, with Sean Payton. I'm just not sure I'm wanting to use a first-round pick on him is my biggest issue. We're going to find out, right? We got games to see what happens with McCarthy. Um, it's possible he ends up being up there. Uh, I did want to give one shout-out today. I spent – wife was gone this week, so I spent a lot of time watching football. And uh, I was pretty impressed with uh, Devin Leary at Kentucky. Uh, played Tennessee. He's probably a you know, round three, round four guy. Uh, but he had a lot of hype come from NC State and then uh, I think dealt with an injury so far this season. But he looked interesting. Not first round interesting, but like might have something there, day two developmental uh, kind of guy. So a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. We'll see who rises to the top as the process plays out. Greg Smith says, good evening, Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life. Always good to see you, Greg. Hope you have a good Halloween. Um, we also see, I know who this is. Uh, doesn't even need a picture there. He says, you need your beard back, go Broncos country only. Hello, Ernie. We appreciate you coming in and saying hello. Happy Halloween to you and yours. Uh, hope you have a great one. Albert Knoppers also saying happy Halloween, y'all. This is a holiday that didn't need to didn't get celebrated in Holland when I used to live there. Halloween's one of my favorites. I don't know if that makes me super hedonistic or anything, Carl, but it's just, you know, it's it's silly. It's fun. I think it's yeah. lighthearted. Uh, I mean, it, it revolves around the best time of year, right? It's the sports equinox in the United States. We got hockey, professional hockey, professional football, professional baseball, professional NFL all playing at the same time, the best weather. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. Hollow, there's something special about uh, October. Not to be a total basic <laughs> bro. Pumpkin spice lattes, man. Just can't get enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do usually like it. I mean, it was 40 degrees today, so it wasn't as fun walking around in the cold. And uh, it's supposed to, that's what I hate is tomorrow's supposed to be like 65 here. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at all these parents as we're all out there like shivering with our kids. And I'm like, can we just not, like just everybody just say, we're going to wait a day. That's what we're all going to do. Everybody hold on to their candy. It's not like candy's going to go bad in a day and mm-hmm. it's wrappers. And uh, so then we can all be out here enjoying this kind of time. But um, no, it is. It's fun. Like I said, lots of sports going on pretty much every day. You've got some sport that you could be out there watching, you know, for, for Denver people. This is a great time. I mean, Broncos finally looking a little bit better. Avalanche looking like they're going to be competing for this for the Stanley cup. You got obviously the nuggets undefeated so far this year, looking like there's no, no hangover from their championship. So it is, it's, it's, it's a fun time to be a, a Denver sports fan. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, hopefully it'll just keep getting better. Chloe Stewart with a good question here uh, says, can the Broncos lose a very difficult game to the bills and still keep this momentum going? I'd like to think so. It depends on what you mean by the momentum. Uh, if they lose to the bills and they're sitting there at, three and six, it might be hard to momentum themselves into the playoffs at that point. But just given the conglomerate of teams with three to five wins right now in the AFC. Uh, but as far as momentum going as building something, uh, you know, just getting establishing a culture and an identity that you can, you know, this is what it's like. Now we have guys that know what they're doing, practices in place, procedures in place uh, in this Sean Payton regime. Um, I think you can definitely build, momentum regardless of the outcome in that bills game in in that scope i think the odds get pretty damn small though if you lose that bills game uh as far as making the playoffs because three and six i mean how many you probably can only afford then two more losses the rest of the season maybe Maybe one one. yeah yeah ten and seven nine and eight but as far as you know big picture momentum can still keep going i am not the biggest believer that you know you can have 
crazy momentum from one year to the next because there's the huge off season and the teams change so much. But from like an institutional standpoint, I think you can have that some when you have a new coach in place. Right. Yeah. No, I think you do have to finish season seven and two. Unfortunately, those early losses against some pretty beatable teams made it where your, your margin for error is very slim. And, you know, this Bills game, I guess one could argue this is your toughest game remaining on your schedule. Detroit, I, I'd go back and forth. The Bills have been just so up and down. Mm-hmm. One moment they're dominating somebody, the next week they're, they're losing to the Patriots. So it's kind of hard to tell exactly what team you're going to get. Um, but especially going to Buffalo, if the Broncos can get a win, I mean, that, that really just changes everything. I mean, you do start thinking maybe this team can go on a run. Uh, my biggest concern right now, they're going to lose a lot of tiebreakers when it comes to playoffs. They are like one and four, one and five in the AFC. If I, remember right. one, beat, I think it's one and four. Because their two of their wins are NFC North. Right. And so that, that becomes a big issue when you come to tiebreakers. So that's why I think you have to finish at least 10 and seven if you're going to make the playoffs. Nine and eight, you're going to lose the tiebreakers. You're probably right in that one. I don't think the Broncos can worry about it too much. Uh, they probably just got to, you know, go out there and win the game ahead of them. Uh, but we'll be, uh, we'll be fun to follow and meaningful games. I mean, we talking, it wasn't playoffs or bust this year, but like give me something in December to root for that isn't just watching all these other teams in draft position. Uh, so hopefully we can have that be the case for the Broncos. Uh, sir, uh, so let's talk to NFL general uh, at large here. The trade deadline today, we did have some pretty big moves over the last uh 48 hours uh, we had Leonard Williams going to the Seahawks for a second round pick and a fifth. I believe we had Montez sweat going to the bears for a second round pick. We had chase young moving to the 49ers for a third round pick. We had Dante Jackson being moved. Who did he Dante Jackson get moved to? Um, He got moved for a second round pick and a third. I believe the third was coming back. So uh cornerback, I thought he was traded. Uh, Contavious Street to the Falcons as well. Um, any of these moves stand out to you as something that you would have been, you'd enjoyed it more if the Broncos could have done that. Uh, I really think I'm okay. I'm pretty content with the edge room right now. I don't know if I'm looking to absolutely spend a huge capital on that, uh, but I would have maybe been interested in a, interior defensive lineman. I just, I couldn't have given up a second round pick for Leonard Williams or anything. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, obviously the Broncos don't have a second round pick, so that would be hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure. Exactly. I mean, it's fun to talk about and it's in the AFC right now. It is crazy how bunched up all these teams are. Like there's no true runaway team. I mean, chiefs still are number the, I think first overall in the AFC, even after this loss. And uh, so it's, it's, it, it could be any teams going to the playoffs. I, I, th- I don't think you can really see too many of these that are running away. I think Baltimore's for sure up there. Chiefs, Miami, Buffalo. Like I said, I don't know how much you can really trust them right now. The Jags, man. Yeah. The Jags made a trade. They trade for Ezra Cleveland today. Another uh, backup offensive lineman there. So uh, I, each division in the AFC has a team that is six and two. And I think each of the teams that are in first place in the division are pretty good uh right now at six and two so but yeah. the wild cards outside of the bills who you've mentioned have been volatile their defense is definitely taking a step back specifically in the back seven uh there there is definitely a a feasible route uh i don't know the Bengals are starting to play good football again now it's tough there uh 
we'll see what happens with the uh I don't know, man. There's that seven spots hard to say. I think I think right now we can talk about Bills, Dolphins, Chiefs, Ravens, Jags. After that, it's kind of up for grabs with just a bunch of good teams in the AFC North, and maybe they'll cannibalize themselves. Right. I don't know. Um, so there's still a chance uh for the Broncos not to be too funny um for you talking about the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's not not a great probability. I think the Broncos have the sixth lowest playoff odds of any team in the NFL right now, which makes sense. But you just beat the Chiefs at home, it's time to dream a little bit. Especially right. the bye week. Right. Yeah. I I was just thinking of Dumb and Dumber when she's like, more like one in a million. And he's like, So you're, so you're saying there's a chance? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's fun to, to be able to have that. We got two weeks of getting to celebrate this victory, which makes yeah. it even all the sweeter and, and hopefully we get to, to stack another win. But, um, yeah, none of the trades really are ones that I'm sitting there saying, oh, Broncos, why didn't you pull that trigger? Just in part, because we don't have the draft capital to be making a ton of trades. You know, a lot of these players, part of it is that you're, uh, not only having to trade a pick, but a lot of them are, then you got to sign them to a big contract. And the Broncos don't have a ton of cap space to then go be making a big deal to, you know, sign like young for your, your edge position. And like I said, the, the edge position group probably have had their two best games these last couple games here, three games. And, and so let's kind of do a little, little game here with you, a little trick or treat. Let's do it. So this is, do you, do you, if it's a treat, you actually believe this is the truth that this is how it's going to be going forward trick. Maybe it's just been that they've had a couple of good games. It's going to go back to closer to the norm of the rest of the season. And let's start with that edge group. Baron Browning being a true difference maker as an edge player. Trick or treat. You know how big of a Baron Browning fan I am. I don't think anybody celebrated the draft pick when it happened more than I did. I was super excited for him. Loved him coming out. I wanted them to take him rather than I said, there's like Zayvon Collins fans that draft cycle and just like other non-pass rush oriented linebackers. I'm like, Baron Browning looks pretty damn good to me uh, later on. I wouldn't mind taking him. That being said, he has had so many injuries and missing times uh, that I think I still have to keep him in the trick category. It's been an absolute treat watching him play the flashes and whatnot. I mean, I'm a big believer in the talent, but it feels like, you know, Lucy and Charlie Brown of the football. I get excited about him and then, oh, he's dinged. He's on the injury list again, and he's missing eight games. So for now, I'll have to go trick. I hate to say it because I'm a big fan of the talent, and it seems like a good good guy as well. I mean, he's obviously not happy being injured, God, four times in four years now, I think. He was also injured at Ohio State, uh, but he is super, super talented. So I'll have to go trick, but I hate doing it. Okay. Zach Allen continuing what he's shown these last two games or looking more like he did in those first ones. So I guess living up to the contract or not living up to the contract trick or treat. I'm going to go treat just because he is still so young, uh, 24, 25 years old. And I, I like to believe that this is probably as shallow of a defensive line group as we're going to see in Denver for a while. I mean, when you have, you know, Jonathan Harris eating up a lot of snaps who let's be real. He's, you know, borderline rosterable player, but he's like considered your three, four starter. I mean, that's not good. Uh, hopefully you continue to add more talent around him. I don't think Zach Allen is a true, you know, number one on a defensive line, but he can be a complimentary guy, especially if you have waves of talent on there. So I'm going to go with a, a treat on that one. I think what we've seen from him recently being a top 15 ish interior defensive lineman in football, top 20 ish uh, is what I expect from him going forward. 
Okay. And and Phil brought in the next guy I was going to bring up. Um, he says, uh, let's see if I can bring it up here. He says, guys, really impressed with McMillan. Interception and two tackles for loss hasn't happened since Champ did it in 2004. Also would like to see more of Moss. McMillan there as the slot cornerback. Trick or treat. Treat for the rest of the season. I think long-term potentially trick only because I could see the Broncos going a route where he's going to, he could get a chance to play the boundary uh, next season. So he's definitely somebody who is going to be in the fold and I'm expecting to see more six defensive back looks. If you do have health coming in, I mean, there was a whole bunch of talk of, you know, adding three safety looks this season. And then that went crumbling as soon as Caden Stern went Stearns went down. Uh, but as far as the slot long-term possible, but, I'll have to go trick because I think I'm not going to limit him to that. I think there could be a chance for him to earn boundary as well. So it's, it's like, it's like a hidden treat, right? It's like, Oh man, it's garbage. No, you okay. open it up and it's actually, uh, you know, sour patch and elite elite tier candy, in my opinion. Okay. What do you think? I'm curious about your thought on that. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be a treat for the rest of the season. I think he's shown well taken to the position. Um, he's smart. He's quick. He's aggressive. I love what he brings as a tackler. I mean, some of his tackles in the open field have really been make or break plays for winning or losing these couple games here. Uh, especially, I mean, that first Chiefs game, I think he had like three tackles for loss as a cornerback, which is like unheard of. I think he, I think he broke the records. Three or four tackles for loss in one game. It, it was just crazy. He recognizes those those screen passes. And, and that's been in those first about five games of the season. Screen passes were horrible for the the Broncos. I, I can't. Game. Oh, it was that was so bad. But having a guy like that that can go make a play like that for you, um, like I said, just makes or breaks what you can do on defense. And especially against a Chiefs team that loves to have a lot of misdirection, then boom, hit those quick passes, get guys with speed going down the field. Having a guy that can go do that. Just great to see. So um, I, I do. I believe that he is going to be a treat for the Broncos. What's his role moving forward for the future? I, I don't quite know for all the way, but uh, but he's just been a a pleasant surprise for sure on this season for the Broncos. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, let, let me ask you about Vance Joseph. So we've had three games now of pretty good defense. Trick or treat that he is a guy that could be your not only continue down the same path, but also be a guy that you want to keep around as your defense coordinator moving forward. Trick or treat. I think that's a treat uh, right now. I think that he is definitely heading in the right direction with this defense. And the other thing that I really did like also, I mean, with Sean Payton, he definitely is kind of the old school, you know, a little bit scary old ball coach guy. I don't know how much he always relates to his players, but Vance Joseph, so you need a little good cop, bad cop kind of stuff. And Vance Joseph definitely feels like the good cop on that front right now. I mean, the defensive players have been emphatic about how happy they are that the defense has turned around for Vance Joseph. And that's the guys who are starting that are, you know, trying to make their own money out here. So to say that about a coach who many would have said was hurting their bottom line in money uh, to see those guys come out and stand up for him, I think is a big treat. So excited to see what Vance Joseph can do uh, down the stretch here. I still think this Broncos team overall is lacking talent on the specifically on the defensive front. And, you know, we'll still, we'll still see how the 
question marks at that second cornerback play out, even though Fabian Moreau has been playing solid. I've seen enough Fabian Moreau to be like, I don't know if I'm going to trust it long-term, um, but he's playing good football right now. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with a treat on that. And to back to Phil here real quick. I'd um, like to see more of Moss. I think Moss might be getting a redshirt season. Uh, real indicator here will be this bye week, right? This is a chance for guys to kind of reset, get healthy. Broncos going into that Chiefs game were about as healthy as we'd seen them for a while, despite that Brandon Joseph injury coming out of nowhere where he goes in the IR. Uh, but I think if we don't see Bradley Moss start to get a little bit more of a role after this bye week, then probably putting him on ice and hoping that you can get something out of next season and consider this year lost. All right, so I'm, I'm going to throw a big one at you here. Okay. A guy that we've been highly critical of, but he's been playing some great football actually these last few weeks, Lloyd Cushenberry. Not only – okay, this is going to be kind of a two-parter. Trick or treat that he can continue down this same path for the rest of the season. Trick if you think he's gone after the season. Treat if you think they're going to sign him long-term. So two questions? Yeah, it's a two-parter. Like how he's going to do the rest of the season, but then also – do you think he could be a part of the long-term solution for that center position? I'll go with treat as far as I think he can play solid starting center level, which he's what he's been so far. Um, so I'm expecting that to continue. He's been pretty good. I think adding Ben powers really helped stabilize him some and Cushenberry has just been much better at anchoring the season just has, has not felt like, you know, a nose tackles in Russell Wilson's lap immediately. I uh, even saw in this last week plays where Cushenberry was getting out there on some plays looking actually a little bit mobile. So didn't know he had that in him. So I definitely think the starting caliber center is possible for him and good for him. He's going to make some money in the off season. As far as the returning for the Broncos after the season, I think they'll offer him a okay deal to return. Uh, you know, maybe something like four, 4 million per year over two years. Uh, but probably he will decline it and look to get a little bit more out there. I think the Broncos will almost purposely lowball him because they like him. You want to have the continuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've heard that there's some internal excitement for Forsyth and Wattenberg both. So that leads me to believe that you might go with the cheaper option there for a little bit. You're going to have plenty of other areas. You're going to need to spend some money also. So if you have some internal options, maybe that's the direction you go to go a little bit cheaper. I know people I mean, we finally are seeing Cushenberry play great. Why would you just let him go? But that's the NFL, man. It's a, it's a constant churn. Some guys go and you're sad. They go, some guys go and you're happy. They go. It's we'll see what happens with Cushenberry, but he's playing good football right now. And we were very critical of him and I'm very happy for him because did not think we'd see this day. Yeah. I mean, obviously we want the Bronco players to play well because that mm -hmm. means good things for the Broncos, but we also want to make sure that we, look at things in the, the right way and, and recognize when players are not playing great. You know, it, it's unfortunate, you know, guys like Dalton Reisner, I understand he's kind of the hometown kid grew up in Denver, you know, here he is playing in Denver for a lot of those years. And, um, but he just wasn't a great player. His rookie year showed some promise kind of went downhill each season after that. And, uh, you know, like I said, with Lord Cushenberry, it's been a lot of years of really bad football out there where he's been, somebody you've had to work to try to cover up if you possibly could. But unfortunately you had a lot of bad players around him that made it impossible to cover up his issues. And so, yeah, you're right. It's great to see him kind of maybe figuring some things out. And maybe this is a shout out to, to the offensive line coach. Zach Streif. Yep. Yeah. And because he has this offensive line, like I said, th these last few games have been, uh, I, I guess last two games, let's just go last two games. Cause that chiefs game, the offense didn't do a whole lot. 
But the last two games, the offensive line looking like they're finally playing as a unit, understanding what they're trying to do. Um, you could say a little bit of just the play design of getting two tight ends out there or getting an extra offensive lineman out there. Shout out to, to Quinn Bailey for being that guy that gets that call to be the extra offensive tackle. And, I mean, teams know, hey, Broncos are going to run it against us, and they still can't stop it because that offensive line is just dominating people at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. They're playing good football right now. Uh, so, yeah, we got Jay coming and taking my son trick-or-treating for the first time. Any advice? Carl, we're going to give this one to you, and then we're going to get on out of here because I think I might need to help my uh, pregnant wife with the trick-or-treaters because it sounds like the dog is not being good as she answers the door. <laughs> well, I'd say – I'd say dress in layers. I don't know exactly where you live, Jay, but you can always take layers off. But once you get out there, you're kind of stuck in what you got. Mm -hmm. And uh, and just have a lot of patience because kids get distracted. You know, I, I guess the way it works in our town is we have one section of the town that everybody goes to. It's called the, the new edition. And so it's just like nobody else goes to the rest of the town. And so you just got like, hundreds of kids everywhere walking around and for us our our kids spend half of their time like looking for their friends and be like oh there they are and i'm like just go to the house get to the door and so yeah you just gotta have a lot of patience let the kid kind of dictate how the night goes let them have a good time like i said wear layers and uh and just just relax enjoy it because there's gonna be a day and i'm seeing it in my future soon that my kids are not gonna want to go with me anymore they're going to want to go with their friends or they're not, they're not going to even want to trick or treat at all. So like I said, just enjoy this moment. Yeah, absolutely. And Scott says, don't hover independent feeling for them if they're big enough to get to the door themselves. So yeah, they got to go out and take those steps for sure. Not to get any waterworks going for the, uh, the fathers in here. <laughs> uh, Michael Ronquillo saying great show tonight, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos go Broncos. Go you guys. Thank you so much for the support tonight. We appreciate you. Make sure you're following Carl on Twitter at Carl Dummler, MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BTB football pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to the show, uh, like it on all your social media platforms and share it on all your social media platforms as well. A uh, little bit of a downtime here. Thank you for the uh, trick or treat there, Carl. A lot of fun. I uh, did, we didn't hear back from Chad after I pitched that. So I didn't know that would be happening. So that was fun for me yeah. as well. If you guys have any, uh, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, any final thoughts on this actionless day from the Broncos in terms of the trade deadline? No, I I appreciate that they were willing to hold their line. You know, that they didn't panic and be like, oh, we just got to sell. Now, I mean, I still question, did they overvalue their own players? Did they think maybe they, they are better than the rest of the league sees them? I mean, we're, we're going to find out for sure. But right now, I feel very positive of the Broncos moving forward feels like this coaching staff finally has these guys believing in what they're trying to do and understanding what they're trying to do. So uh, I'm excited for here in two weeks what we get to see, but also kind of liking that we get a, a two-week break to prepare for the Bills. Yeah, and it's going to be a very good week of football. Uh, it's a pretty good ticket with the Broncos out. So now you don't have to worry about the Broncos. You can just sit back and enjoy all the uh, the title fights that we're going to see in both college and NFL. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, you guys have a great one with all your trick-or-treaters out there. Uh, stay safe. Uh, Snickers is the best candy bar. Make sure you choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.